Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the 9320 Preview Podcast, the show that has to admit that was Liverpool's World Cup. Uh, domestic football is back. Hurrah! And we're going to have to adjust <laughs> to that, and we'll be happy to do so. And it's straight into the deep end with a cup tie versus Liverpool, a city head into the unknown, as we all do. Uh, for some e-numbered Carabao chat, a World Cup wrap-up, perhaps, and general city chat, whatever takes our fancy. I'd like to be joined this morning by Asan and Joe. Good morning, Asan. How are you doing? Morning, Howard. I'm really good. I'm feeling pretty Christmassy, ready for Christmas this weekend, and also, more importantly, ready for some sweet, sweet Carabao um, and ready for the Scousers. Have you ever drunk any Carabao? <laughs> I didn't even know that it was a beverage until quite recently. So, <laughs> no, unfortunately, I've never had the pleasure of drinking any Carabao. But if anybody out there can locate some and, and send it to Ibiza, I'd be very grateful. Right, I'll get I'll get my uh, men on that. Uh, call in a few favors, and it'll be on its way. But I've excellent. I've never drunk an energy drink in my life, so I imagine it's absolutely rank. So. You didn't drink. You didn't drink vodka Red Bulls in your in your oh, younger uh, yeah in your yeah. younger days. Oh my god, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm now. Guess. Lucasade counts as an energy drink, I guess. So, so. Oh, I love Lucasade, but, really? but mm. yeah, I do. I do. I'm a huge fan of Lucasade, but vodka Red Bull. I um, I think maybe a year or two ago, somebody handed me one, and I'd, I'd literally not had one since I was in my early twenties. And I took one sip, and it was oh, mate, it was rank. I was <laughs> like, what was I thinking, drinking that when I was younger? Takes the enamel off your teeth, I think. Oh, it's <laughs> hanging, bro. It feels it's like fun. it is anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had about two years drinking that in, in clubs. It, it was pretty disgusting, but hey, kept you awake, did it not? So, anyway, you don't need Lucas Aid. You've got Iron Brew. That's all you need for a hangover for any energy. <clears throat> Iron Brew. I agree. Trick, so, uh, Joe, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Just reminiscing. I too went through the heart, the heart palpitation mixed with vodka face. <laughs> it's uh, probably dangerous for your health, wasn't it? Really? Definitely. Yeah. It was. I was like so big into the vodka Red Bull scene when I first started going out that I just assumed that the heart wanting to burst out of your chest the following morning was just part and parcel of a hangover. It was only once I realised um, that the eighty percent makeup of said drink was what was causing potential heart issues at the age of eighteen. But yeah, yeah. not 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 something I would uh, voluntarily ever go for again I'd say. It was, it was no blast away or cheeky vimptos, let's put it that way so. Absolutely God. not This God. podcast is off to a cracking start man, I'm <laughs> thirsty. To, used to drink some terrible stuff, oh my God. Anyway Yeah, football. let's talk football rather than disgusting energy drinks, shall we? Isan, <laughs> uh, quick World Cup recap, how was it for you? Yeah. Did it fly by? Was it did it surprise you in any way? You're glad it's gone. Um, so thoroughly enjoyed ninety percent of it. Thought it was entertaining, fun. Um, yeah, I mean, final maybe the best final I've ever seen of a of an international tournament. Yeah, it was just, and I was in Paris for it, which uh, which made it all the sweeter. Uh, for all the Argentinians out there, um, <laughs> no, I, I really, uh, I really, genuinely, in, thoroughly enjoyed the World Cup this time round. I think there was enough, uh, uh, there was enough interesting games. It didn't feel, I, I, I felt maybe early doors that 
maybe the whole thing would get overshadowed by um, the sort of off-the-pitch uh, conversations that went on. But I think in the end, I managed to separate those things uh, quite easily. And, and yeah, the football side of it was yeah cracking. And I mean, Julian Alvarez, Julian Alvarez, if, wow, like... The boy has won the World Cup. And it's not like he was a bit part player in winning the World Cup. Your man, you know, was integral to Argentina winning the World Cup, which is just utterly incredible for him. And and it really is incredible for City as well. What a find, what a player, what a talent. Um, it's it's a big, big win for, for the scouting department, I would say. Mm-hmm. Did he work for you have it in the middle of the season do you never want to see that again or do you think somehow this could you know this could happen again in the future did it make much difference to you you know just personally it felt like tv i mean obviously i've never never attended games at world cup finals uh, but it's always been a summer thing go to the pub you know obviously people are watching all over the world it was summer for quite a lot of people this tournament uh Northern Hemisphere, it was not. And I don't know, I went to the pub for a couple of games during this tournament, but essentially it was just watching at home by myself and I kind of lost something because of that. For you, did it feel like a normal World Cup because of its timing or did it feel slightly different and soulless in any respect? Uh, not really. I think that it's one. It's like anything in life that you know it takes a, a little bit of adjusting. And so early on, I think the first England game... I was outside and there was like big fires on because it was cold. And so there was definitely a conversation that went around the table along the lines of, this is a bit shit, it's a bit cold. Do you know what I mean? It's weird watching the World Cup with the fires on. But yeah, eventually you, you get past that sort of stuff and it's just a game of football. And I think that, you know, the the disrupt, for me, the disruptive side of it is not so much for, for me or for us, it's how the players cope. It's the amount of football that they have to play. And I think going into the tournament, there was a question around quality. And I actually think that by having it when we had it, we maybe got a higher quality of tournament in terms of the football that was played at times mm. because the players were fitter than they would be if they'd done a full season in the Premier League and the Champions League and then gone into a summer tournament. I think that that's different to basically having a full summer off, which most of them did, having a pre-season, getting back into the swing of your domestic football, and then two months in, going to a really hot country. And yeah, I mean, again, you've got to remember that the squads are big, but not everybody plays. So for 50% of the, of the players, it's almost like a warm weather training camp in the middle of the season. Um, and then for those who play, I mean, if you go on a regular international break, uh, you're not going to play miles less football than than they ended up playing. Um, obviously, the pressure is higher mentally. The, the fatigue will be will be greater because it's the World Cup. But also, some players might be liberated because they might have played the first uh, third of this season or quarter of the season, whatever has gone. They might have played that with a little bit of a handbrake on, knowing that they're going to the World Cup, not wanting to get injured, being just distracted by the yeah. spectre of the World Cup. And now that that's gone, they'll they'll be able to kick on. So that the no, focus I, now, yeah, yeah, exactly. I just I think that um, I, I, it's just my personal opinion, obviously. Um, but I feel as though a lot of the 
a lot of the anger around the World Cup being in the middle of the season from a spectator point of view felt just more because it was in Qatar and the kind of controversy around that. Um, I, I dare say, for whatever reason, if it had been hosted in a less controversial country um, but had to be hosted in the middle of the season, the, the actual fact that it was done at this point in the season would have been less controversial. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it would have been the same. Hmm. I'm sure 2002 World Cup. I know, I don't know if it's moved a bit for weather reasons, but obviously not to the, the winter anyway, so <laughs> different situation. Joe, what about you? We're going to come back to a bit of Julian Alvarez love there <laughs> in a minute, so don't worry about that. Joe, what about you? What was your experience of the World Cup? How did it feel for you? Did it exceed your expectations as well? Uh, yeah, it did. I went into it kind of almost with uh, a grudging, what's the word? I had a negative view of it because I felt like it was interrupting, um, you know, my passion in life ultimately, which is Manchester City FC. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but what I would say, I agree with Asan in that. I feel because the Premier League and all the major leagues around Europe were ramping up to full pace as they, as they always do uh, as you approach Christmas. I feel the players, certainly the top level players, entered this tournament and hit the ground running um, and, the, and the quality of the football was at a very high level from the off. I think you probably saw that, for example, with England's first result against Iran, whereas usually the major nations can, can take a bit of time to build momentum and build into these tournaments in the summer. You just got the, the feeling that they were essentially at 100% from the word go. I would caveat by saying that that could potentially impact all the major leagues and the major teams um, around Europe as we start hitting March, April, specifically in the Premier League, because mm. we have the whole Christmas period to play or the backlog. But um, yeah, in terms of the tournament, it did exceed my expectations. I thought... Um, Despite the fact it went, we went into it with a very big cloud, specifically from the media in the in the Western world hanging over it. I thought um, the standard of football was outstanding. The finals probably the best I've ever seen, certainly in my lifetime in a World Cup. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was a good, um, it was a good circuit breaker would be the expression, I suppose. I'm not sure. Just just a. A break from from the main action and and just getting to really get into some other football with a vested interest was it was pretty cool, pretty cool experience. Yeah, so it was nice to have a quick uh, break from the stress of following City. Uh, In a word, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once once Elon's destroyed Twitter, maybe maybe football will become less tribalistic anyway, and he can enjoy domestic football a bit more without the fallout from every game and all the ridiculous debates, but. Yeah, it was strange, but it did fly by. And, you know, I said on the the review with Steer did yesterday, uh, I thought there'd be carnage on the players because I felt a lot went into it looking quite fatigued. But no, that was not the case. Obviously, there's been injuries. Uh, there's always going to be injuries. There was a huge amount of games, to be honest. You know, uh, four games a day sometimes and everyone playing, you know, if they'd been playing domestic football, of course, there'd been injuries as well. So, But not quite the carnage or just that we've seen for players, but as you say, perhaps perhaps we'll see the true legacy on the players come March, April. But again, if they've been playing domestic football, they'd have had some more internationals to play in this period anyway. 
and you might have seen that same situation come spring anyways so yeah it was uh, it was different but on the whole uh, as it ramped up in the final group stage and the knockouts when there was only one goalless draw I think the standard of football was pretty good you had the the shocks you had the obviously the wonderful story of Morocco uh, getting to the semis and they still shocked me by how far they pushed France in that semi-final and plenty of good stories plenty of good games plenty of great individual performances as well and as I said as well on the other podcast uh, get a statue of Nicolas Otamendi outside FIFA's headquarters because if he hadn't done what he does on 80 minutes that wouldn't have been the greatest World Cup final in my lifetime <laughs> no no uh, it's actually what happened after that <laughs> and into uh, extra time and then penalties that makes it the greatest uh, World Cup of all time so don't be he must be on. the most decorated flawed player in 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 modern times it's it, 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 trophy hall must be next level do you know what I mean to that point, he'd been pretty peerless, I think, yeah. Pretty it's just, uh, sublime, but you know there's always that moment in it. But he's not the only player who could do something like that. So. No, it's true. I yeah. think I think he's like the it's the I've always called it with Ottomendi. And I, not not to, to broadly put them all into into one area, but I feel a lot of Latin South American players, because of the way they coach from a young age, it's almost like moth to the flame syndrome. If if the ball, I know that the goal, what he did, wasn't necessarily along these lines, but if the ball's there to be won, that urge to just back off and see what develops and put yourself in a better position down the line is almost non-existent to them. Absolutely. It's like, I have to go in and win it now, regardless of the fact this could be detrimental to my team. Agricultural football is, is, is how I've often described it, or agricultural defending, certainly. Um, yes. But, uh, I'm listen, I'm so... Otamendi won the World Cup, Julian Alvarez won the World Cup, Messi won the World Cup, and Conaguero won the World Cup, and they all got winners' medals. So I'm absolutely delighted the right team won. Go on, let's have a few minutes on Julian Alvarez. Uh, I know you've mentioned it briefly, I said, did his success surprise you, though? What you already yes. knew about Julian Alvarez? He was sub, I think, first two games, uh, helped by, obviously. Argentina have a completely misfiring forward up front, got in the side, and then there was no doubt he was staying in that side as soon as he was in the side. Even by you know what we expect from him and how excited we are about him as a player going forward, did his performances still surprise you? They did in terms of the the maturity of the performances um, and the sort of the composure that he showed throughout the tournament um, was of a player much older than him and that's what impressed me the most i think we've we've always known you know that the kind of the things that make him a success uh made him a success for argentina will be the things that make him a success for city and that is that you know he's his quality in terms of finishing inside the box is is natural it's that that you know that thing that guardiola says that you know, it's the, I can't teach players how to finish. It's just like a natural thing. You either smell it or you don't. Mm. Um, and he smells goals. Uh, and he's got a huge engine and a huge heart. And I think having those two things make makes him the perfect modern centre forward. I think more and more in the game, um, just being a penalty box striker isn't enough. And you see, I, I think one of the things that really stood out for me and impressed me was 
how if you look at somebody like Messi and how intelligent he is, Leo knows exactly what he's going to do nearly all the time when the ball comes to him or around him, and he's constantly moving to make sure that he's in the right place. Mm. And I felt watching Alvarez that Alvarez really tuned into to Messi's wavelength and knew exactly what he needed to do to create space for Messi, but also to create space for himself and for his teammates. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, he uh, he surprised me just in the the size of what it means to go and play for Argentina in the World Cup. Uh, respectfully to City, for, for a player like Alvarez, it, it just will be bigger in that moment. Um, and for him to go there and do that and play at that level and with that maturity bodes really well for City, I think. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.